This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to another edition of the ONG Strike Zone. I'm Brian Fulford. That's Kelvin Rozier. And that other man up there is Kofi Hemingway. And uh, it's a pleasure to be back here for another live edition of the ONG Strike Zone as we talk about all things related to Florida, A&M University, athletics, and culture. And before I get started any further, let me ask my brothers from another mother, how they doing this evening? Kelvin, Kofi, how you guys doing? How you doing? Respuse. Excellent. How you doing? Excellent. Excellent. With Jeff Saturday as y'all coach, how you doing? Saturday. <laughs> Already. Yeah. Saturday. Like another brother. walk in the park. We, we don't care about a brother. We don't care about Reggie Wayne, people who actually got his parents nope. who already on staff. We're going to skip all Wide that receiver. and just bring in, you know, the, 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 the savior. Receiver. Okay. Wide receiver. <laughs> Never on Monday. Monday's too soon. Tuesday too soon. and Wednesday just won't, just won't do. do. Thursday Hello. and Friday. Hey, hey that was easy. Yes, um, uh, hey, yeah, you asked for Matt Ryan, you got Matt Ryan. Finish that finish that song, Kofi. That Saturday love Saturday will love never end. Will never end. Yes, indeed. Hey, don't hate now. Don't hate. Don't hate. Uh, look, yeah, you know, strange things happen out there in the professional world. I'm glad we don't have them kind of issues to talk about, but we got a load of bull, as the, as the show title says, to talk about today, so trust me, we'll get to it, no doubt, no doubt, um, shout out to everybody watching us on Facebook and on YouTube, please make sure to hit that thumbs up button, the like button there on the show, 
And uh, thanks for watching us on our Twitter feed, Twitter streams. You can go be a part of the chat conversations. If you go over to YouTube, uh, myjbn one or obviously on our Facebook page at ONG Strike Zone. Uh, me personally, guys, I'm on the, the I guess, the outer bands of Tropical Storm Nicole. So, again, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah you, yeah, yeah. you didn't even know there was a tropical storm going on, did you? I knew because, you know, we on that East Coast, so. Yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville, you know, so. I, so, no school tomorrow for me, but uh, maybe on Friday. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I have the whole weekend off. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Fingers crossed that it doesn't turn into nothing more than rain and some winds. And that, more importantly, that my connection stays stays good during the course of the show. So, that, that's what we're hoping for. Um, and we do have some news related to uh, Tropical Storm Nicole and how it affects some athletic events here in the state of Florida, how it even affects Florida A&M, or more so how Florida A&M and the SWAC are helping out its brethren. So we'll talk about that uh, coming up here in the show. Coming up in this show, we, we're loaded. We got a, you know, at this point in the season, we got a lot of sports going on. So here we are on the tail end of the football and volleyball season. And we've also got the start of the basketball season. So we've got men and women's basketball to talk about. We've got, of course, volleyball. We've got football to talk about. We got rumors to talk about. We're even going to do something a little off script, a uh, little out of the norm. And we're going to talk to, uh, we got we got some parent. We're going to talk to a parent uh, of one of our FAMU football players coming up at the top of the second hour and, and get a perspective that we don't always get a chance to hear and talk, uh, hear from and talk to. So it'll be interesting to kind of talk to uh, Mrs. Erica Musa. That's Jeremy's uh, mom. And so if you had a chance to watch the Willie Simmons live show, you had a chance to hear from Jeremy. I think that might've been his first time on the show. If I'm not mistaken, when he was on the Willie Simmons live show. So, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to hear a different take on that. So, all right, fellas, let's, uh, let's get into it. Um, I know I got to, I just got to find a message. I got a way to get Marcus into that message. I think Marcus will be joining us a little bit in that second hour. Uh, but we're going to start with the big win over Southern because that was the game this past weekend. Uh, we beat Southern by a score of 30 to 16. I don't think this game was, I mean, despite the fact that Southern scored first, uh, this game was really never in doubt, in my opinion. Uh, we, we pretty much controlled this ball game. Uh, we, we, we only gave up one touchdown defensively. Southern scored three times. They never, they never really scored twice in a row. I mean, they scored three, they, they scored three field goals. Uh, we scored, you know, uh, in back-to-back possessions or, we scored back-to-back times, I guess is a better way of saying it. But um, plenty of positives in this ball game. Just a quick summary of some notes that I took. Uh, we scored on five of six red zone possessions, which was very good. I think Southern was only two of three. Um, speaking of Jeremy Musa, he was 17 of 34, 224 yards passing, three touchdown passes, no interceptions. That was Musa's third three-touchdown passing game of the season, his second consecutive, 
And that makes game number six in which he has thrown for multiple touchdowns in nine games this season. Uh, Xavier Smith, six receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Xavier has caught a touchdown in how many consecutive games? I forgot to look that up. Feels like the streak is is a nice streak that he's that he's on right now. Every game but the Jackson State game. Yeah, exactly. Every game, but probably every game but the Jackson State game. Yeah, every seems like a, a lot of statistics. In that respect, uh, in terms of the dark cloud defense, uh, I mentioned a little bit about what they did. Um, although, you know, it's interesting. They did allow 224 yards rushing to Southern, but that's really all Southern could do. Uh, but Sean McCray had 125 of those 224. But we did win the turnover by a three to one advantage uh, with two fumble recoveries and an INT. So uh, as we like to do with these recaps. I kind of go to you guys, Kelvin and Kofi, and uh, biggest takeaway, biggest concern, and then your game ball, offense or defense. Uh, I'll, I'll go to you, Kofi. I'll let you. I'll let you get the first dib in on this one to start this week. So, biggest takeaway from the game, biggest concern, and then your game ball. Biggest takeaway was. Um the strategy that we utilized against uh, the Southern University offense, uh, for the most part, we were able to shut them down, but it has been a common theme uh, for our defense all year long. Uh, We'll try to take away the pass, or we will take away the passes. That's something that we did. I was really expecting Southern's receivers to, to, uh, you know, to be a factor in the game, but they were not because Bashan could not get them the ball. Um, in addition to that, though, um, the one play that was working that has been working for every mobile QB that we face this year is the quarterback draw or, you know, a delayed uh, run to make it look like it's a pass. And, you know, then they run down the field. Um, that is my also my biggest concern because, the next two QBs that we face are probably the most mobile um, that we'll see. In fact, the last three, uh, obviously McKay was very effective running on the ground. Um, the young man we're going to face on Saturday is extremely mobile. And uh, Bethune Cookman has two very, very mobile QBs. So um, we're going to have our work cut out. I would like to see what kind of adjustments we're going to make. Um, my biggest concern this week is that play in particular. Um, I want to see how Musa handles the pressure of Alabama State's defense and also the chess match that is going to take place between um, our former offensive coordinator, Alex Jackson, um, and him and seeing what kind of communication they've been having with um, their defense you know, in terms of different keys and different things that they may do on a strategic basis, uh, knowing Coach Simmons' play-calling tendencies and that sort of thing. So it's going to be interesting, uh, to say the least. And, of course, uh, my biggest, biggest, biggest concern is the Alabama State referees. Oh, you haven't seen SWAC referees. You have seen the Alabama State referees in Montgomery. They are a totally different level of of swack. 
<laughs> you want to see swag, watch them referees on Saturday. Oh, God, Lord, we need to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help fam you with these darn referees in Jesus' name. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you, you thought South Carolina State was bad. You thought going to Baton Rouge was bad. You have not seen bad refereeing until you go to Montgomery, Alabama. They make up makeup calls. They make up the makeup call. And uh, the darn uh, replay won't even matter. They will find a way to follow through with what they do. They definitely getting paid behind the scenes. Look, I'm telling you what I saw with my own two eyes. I seen it. Southern University blocked a kick against them, man. It was so obvious it was a touchdown. They found a way. They found a loophole in the system to turn that play over. Jackson State running back scored a touchdown. They say the boy stepped out of bounds. The people on the TV is like, it's green in between his foot and the sideline. Like, when did he when did he step out? But they they were so determined, you know, to make sure. I, I, I wonder if we have any uh I wonder if we have like, the officials, the official the officiating organization in Alabama got to him. I wonder if we have any uh analytical data <laughs> to to back up these strong claims, uh Kelvin. Uh, maybe that's something we have to study in the offseason. We'll have to study the officiating, you know, kind of find our Mike Pereira of uh, HBCU officiating just to kind of analyze uh, how bad it is or how bad it is not. You know what I'm saying? Uh, while we Them Bamas is something it, else. They something else. Literally. The Bamas is something else. Game ball, it's Kofi. Nice game Kobe. ball go to? I know. They're going to snipe you. You keep talking bad about the officiator. <laughs> um, game ball, the FAMU defense, I give the entire defense a game ball. They played well. And um, obviously, Xavier Smith is phenomenal um, with what he's been able to do. Um, Musa played well as well. So there you go. Well said. How about you, Kelvin? Takeaways, concerns? Uh, following the big win over Southern and uh, game balls. It was a solid win. This was our the closest we've come to playing a good three to four quarters. So, uh, you know, I, I, can't, I can't be too um, critical. Um, Southern has some talent. And most of the yard, the rushing yards that they got were busted plays, quarterback, you know, we had them contained. Uh, I think guys thought he was – I don't know if a whistleblower, they just thought he was down. But so that, that last touchdown, the one touchdown he scored was a busted play, and he had a couple of more plays like that. Very athletic guy. We we probably need a uh a, we needed a a a DB as a spy versus a linebackers because they just couldn't they couldn't consistently keep them contained. Um but outside of that, you know, um we were solid. Uh the the, the my my player of the game is actually the punter. Man, he was killing it. He was awesome. He was he was the old Christopher Duel, you know, the All American for sure. Uh, he had an awesome game. He was booing it. Um, the defense was solid. You know, uh, you know Zay got it. Got his touchdown. You know, we we left some opportunities on the board, uh, but you know, again, it was it was a solid win. I'm not gonna. 
criticized too much at this time of the year it's just win baby you gotta win so we got the w we we, we still in, in you know in a playoff hunt we still a game behind jsu so you know on to the next um what concerns me um this was one of game two two games that i, I mentioned that i that you know that would concern me were the road games right gremlin being one and this being the second one uh, this one was more of a concern, not only it being a road game and Alabama State actually being competitive, but it's sandwiched in between the Florida class and the Southern game. So, you know, um, you know what my, my theory is, you know, about having to get up back-to-back weeks and so forth, you know, that is, is just a tough thing to do. So hopefully we'll be able to rise to the occasion and do that. We in playoff mode. Um, but, you know, that's my concern not so much talent to match up and so forth or that Alabama state is actually pretty good. My, my concern is being able to mentally and physically recover and play at our peak on the road, uh, this late in the season. Um, and, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it, man. Good, good win. And, uh, we, we need to get another one. Um, I, I had a chance to do some digging here on the Xavier Smith st- statistics this season. On the year, 69 receptions, 803 yards total, nine touchdowns. He has scored a touchdown in now, well, that is for six of the last seven games in, in which he scored. Obviously, the Grambling game is the only one in that run since the Jackson State where he has not scored. Uh, a touchdown, and I think I saw. Well, obviously, if you think about it, eight hundred three puts him an average of a hundred, which he's been very close to a hundred almost in every game since the Jackson State game. So it is conceivable that he could break a thousand yards again. Uh, I think he he did that. Uh, was it uh, was it last year or was it twenty nineteen when he had a thousand yards? Uh, one Not of those, sure. One of those two. Yeah, one one of those two seasons, but um, I, I think he could. I think there's a chance where he could really end up with an 80 reception, 1,000 yard season, and uh, that that'd be uh, that'd be pretty impressive uh, way to go out for him. So, uh, shout out to those guys. I, you know, now one of the things I'm gonna be semi-critical about something here, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. Now we mentioned last week in our show that the senior presentations or that we had about 18 seniors. Um, I did read the pre article that it was about 15 names on the list, but I'm, I'm looking, I mean, now you guys out there, you know, on the chat, you tell me, I, I'm looking for photos and you know, I've, I'm not, maybe I missed them. I seen a couple on Instagram but I didn't see much. I didn't see much attention given to the fact that these were the seniors. You know, I like put it like this. And had I not known that this was senior night, I didn't feel like it was targeted or promoted like it was the senior night game. Uh, do you feel any kind of way similar about that, or am I reading into no, it? No, because I mean, I knew much? it was senior. Uh, I knew it was senior night, and that's the way kind of like senior night goes. So, you know, just for me, um, 
it is what it is. Uh, I don't know. And see, the thing, the senior night is for the seniors and their families. Like, from a fan right. standpoint, we just want to see the game. You know, and for me, I'm, I'm kind of like, can we find a way to speed this whole presentation up so the game can start? It's just, you know, it's, it just takes for, I'm just being honest. Those presentations you. and stuff, you know, it's like, okay, can let me go get some popcorn. If I'm not related to the guy or definitely into the, 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 the player that's a senior and graduating, you know, it's for the seniors to honor them and their families and their sacrifice for all that they've meant, but in terms of connectivity, I think it's a bit lengthy. I thought, though, and, and Kevin, I'll let you jump in here. I heard Coach Simmons and I heard Melvin Beal ask this question on Willie Simmons Live on Tuesday. This was the first class that Simmons brought, sort of he had the holdovers from the previous administ—I call it administration, the previous uh, coaching staff. It was also his first recruiting staff. And these are the guys who conceivably could be key key members of three consecutive nine-win seasons. So in yep. that respect, I, I sort of feel like that's a big deal. I, I don't know, you know, in the in the whole it scheme is. of, hey, return. No, it is a big deal. You know, I'm just saying yeah. from a connectivity standpoint and fan standpoint, um, unless you state that and you, you make that clear and, it's on, you know, all three networks yeah. and Joe Bullard is talking about it and, you know, DJ Dapp and all of, you know, all your radio stations. It's, it's not going to be um, that big of a deal. Senior night is for the seniors and their families. I get it. And it's our, our, uh, our way of honoring them. And I think they should be honored, right? But in terms of connectivity, if you ask the average fan and brag who are the seniors they may be able to tell you maybe two or three but with okay i get you i get you but this one again what makes this one a little unique probably the winningest senior class in probably a decade uh or decade definitely plus. a long time in a long time yeah and you've got a few all americans on this group you've got at least five maybe four yeah, I all, mean, all really, all if, Americans you, on this. if we finish I, 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 nine I, and two, if we finish I, nine and two, this will be the winningest uh, senior class probably since the 60s. Um, because uh, Billy Joe's teams, uh, many times, some of them finish with eight wins, seven wins. Uh, you know, we had three losses at times, definitely in 99, we still got in, but you know, this is, this is serious. Even the Rudy Hubbard team, the 76 team, uh, I think went six and five with a 34 zero loss to Cookman 77. They went undefeated, uh, 78, they went 11 and one, 12 and one and won the national title. Then the next year they went seven and four. And they lost homecoming uh, <laughs> in 79. So, yeah. yeah. Jump in there, Kelvin. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I don't know how, what what more you expect other than maybe social media presence, but 
They did presentations on the field beforehand. They acknowledged even the support staff seniors, the cheerleaders seniors, and so forth. They got their time to go out there and wave their hand and get acknowledged by the crowd. Um, and that's not no different from what I see at, you know, even the majority of schools, uh, bigger schools. Um, you know, that's pretty much what it is. You know, it's senior, senior, senior night. You come out with your peeps. You get your little uh, picture or, get, you know, and everything and, and shake, the, shake the administration hand and then you go watch the game. So in that sense, the in-game stuff, it was, it was, it was normal, um, normal stuff. Now, I do agree that it's significant, and I hope that at some point they'll talk about the senior class a little more and, and mention those things, uh, you know, do a special, uh, you know, something on uh, the website or something that, that mention, you know, the accomplishments of this particular class. Because I do agree with you, it brought us back from um, where we from a dark place where we were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, I think probably something that would be really um, effective, maybe you know, the Friday or Thursday before the game, you know, to have a senior senior night pep rally. You know, in a more intimate environment around their peers and give them that opportunity to speak, you know, um, along with the band or whatever else they, you know, they're there, but honoring those senior athletes, finding a more intimate way to do it. Um, you know, and I could, here's, here's the thing though. And I thought what we did was really classy. I like the footballs that they got. It was very classy. It's probably the best presentation that we've done. Right. But I think, mm-hmm. I think, that even the the hype that Southern came out with, right? They came and they was ready to ready to go, but they was st- they was having to stand there. They couldn't enter the field. They was jumping around, and after a while, they was like, <laughs> "We, we might need out, to stop huh? jumping because we only own player number four. Before they get out there, and before they knew it, they was just standing there like this. And I think that you know they got hypnotized a little bit. Uh, but you know, I can't necessarily say that because they ran that darn kickoff back and uh started off on fire, but then after that, they little fire went out and the rest is history. Um, another let's kind of transition because obviously, with the win, now we've got uh seven in a row this season, 15 in a row in Bragg, so we close out another Bragg season with the win, uh, but also the playoffs are a strong. Uh, on everybody's mind. I mean, cause it's, it's legitimate. It's real. The conversation is here. Uh, we, we kind of knew it would be as we continue to win games, we knew it'd become one of those conversation pieces We're we're very close to being in the top 25, which I, for some reason, I don't know if that matters, but I think it does for whatever strange reason, I think it'll matter. Uh, we're like right on the edge of the receiving votes. So another win this week and some losses by a few other people in the bottom half of the current top 25 will probably jump in at number 25 or 24, right? Heading into the Bethune game. But let me transition to this. And because you, you, we've talked about it offline and there have been some discussions out there on social media. The opportunity to host a playoff game has been talked about. First off, I mean, give, I'm going to give shout out to Mike Reed. Mike Greed has been on this for a few weeks now. Then I started hearing it mentioned 
uh, during the actual broadcast of the game by Tiffany, uh, Tiffany Green and Jay Walker during the broadcast talking about giving, getting FAMU an opportunity to host a playoff game. Um, the financials have always been interesting. And I know you guys are in the same thread that Mike sent us some info that he recently got some communication back from the NCAA. So um, are you aware of the, I don't know if you want to talk about, we can talk about this coming out of the break or in another segment. Are you guys up on that? Did you read that Kelvin? I, I mean, I'm aware of it. I mean, they haven't really changed their formula uh, for the FCS playoffs uh, in a while. So um, I'll just bid, say bid, it's I a get, no-brainer. It's, it's, so it's a no-brainer. We should, bid because I, we, we should make, who should make the bid? The school, the university. Do you feel like I pushed, and I know Mike Reed has pushed for this, and I'm kind of with him on this. We understand our budget concerns. It ain't. It hasn't been budgeted for. Let's put it like that. Even though it probably should. Should we be going to the outside DSOs asking for that money, or should it come from the university and the school athletic program? And if the athletic program or school are not going to pony up, should we just say, okay, it is what it is? No, we um, should. We should be. We should plan to host. Uh, it makes a difference, particularly for us. Bragg is such an advantage uh, for our team and, and environment, and I, I think it could make a difference in in, in our first-round performance if we were able to host the game. So absolutely, uh, we should do whatever we need to do to support our coaches, our players, and our program. So, so it makes sense. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, financially, um, once you make the guarantee, really, you know, it's based on your, your ticket sales and, and, and some other things, and you keep a percentage. Uh, ultimately, I don't, at the worst, it'll be a net net uh, zero for us to host the game. Mm-hmm. And there is a chance that we could slightly, you know, make a little revenue out of it. But the, the whole purpose really is to, uh, support our teams and, you know, to have our band and our fans behind the team on in the first-round matchup, man, it, it, it would be big. And, and just to answer your question, it should be budgeted and part of the our thought process every year. I don't it know. should be. I don't know why it wasn't because if we had won the SWAC East, um, we would have been hosting the SWAC championship game. So why it wasn't budgeted or why this isn't talked about is beyond me. That's like dumb. Um, but given, here's what I'm going to say, given all of the transitional stuff that we've had to go through, I kind of get it. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, Mike Smith has been, I mean, he deserves a standing ovation for being thrown in the fire the way that he was, but when you in there, brother, it don't feel good. You know, it's, it's especially um, when everybody walked out, um, everybody, you know, that Courtney had, they, they left, got other jobs. So practically he's the only dude in there doing it. That's not necessarily the case now, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I, 
yeah, I, I, I think what he's saying, I, I, I agree with him. I, I, I guess, you know, we know it wasn't budgeted for. And so the big question comes, even though it wasn't budgeted for, do we have the gate receipts to be able to pay for it? Should, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel, you know, I see it's an interesting kind of conversation. I know a lot of people are saying someone else should pay for it. I, I, Again, I, I think we can, I think we donate for so much and we see a lot of, I mean, I've seen a lot of money come in over the homecoming weekend. I, I'm just saying, I saw a lot of money coming in and I'm sure they're all worthwhile ventures and needs and other stuff like that. But I, I don't find it out of the, I don't find it unreasonable to go to our DSOs that support athletics and say, Hey, let's let's put together thirty-five so that we can submit the bid to be in the running because you you potentially could have North Carolina A and T also in the playoffs, and wouldn't it be kind of interesting that if they did throw two HBCU schools up against each other in the opening round, um, and it may come down to us either traveling there or them traveling to us, you know, could happen. Not first I mean, we're a long way. You you don't think it would happen? Yeah. Not first round. They're just too far away. Yeah, yeah, they they, they regionalize that first round. And um, generally, you know, the rule is it needs to be within uh, four hours or a bus bus ride. So they're going to keep us closer to the south. It so would that, be that interesting. You're talking about one of those, yeah, it means you're talking one of those schools then from out of Alabama or or Georgia, probably. Now, somebody or Tennessee said, well, you know, or Louisiana. Well, how's that? Any is that further than North Carolina? That's got to be further than North Carolina. A and T is far. No, A and T is farther than just about all those schools, with the exception Chattanooga's closer. Of course, Mercer's closer. Southeast Louisiana, it's actually slightly Sanford. closer. Okay. Sanford. I got to do my geography. I got to yeah, get back Sanford, into my yeah. geography class. Okay. All right. Um, hey, let's uh, go ahead. No, nah, just really with the uh, the whole thing with the, uh, the hosting of the game, like some people think brag, brag is brag. Like when Troy came in to brag for the playoff game, it was a big deal, and yes. they they talked about our crowd. Um, they yeah. talked about the noise that was made on third down, and 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 really whenever they had the ball, and how it did make a difference. So, come playoff time, it don't matter who comes in. I think our guys just believe that they're supposed to win in Bragg. Um, you know, which is why they come out with the energy that they do, and they're comfortable. You know, all of that stuff. Um, comes into play in Bragg. So let's go. The advantage we have, most of these FCS schools are not playing in front of 20,000 fans that can Black ramp people. up like, yes, Black thank people. you. They're not playing in front of that. So, yes, FAMU has an advantage. I mean, we shouldn't, I mean, yes. I mean, so, uh, okay, let's move. Hey, we got to take a short break. Come back. We got to talk about uh, our volleyball team starting a new streak, some basketball talk, and also quickly address 
the little 48-hour rumor mill that came out of Tampa. We'll talk about that more on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories 
officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, uh, thanks for checking us out. Got more folks coming in, joining us in the in the chat room. Shout out to everybody there. Uh, Kelvin, we got some birthday shout outs in the uh, chat room, right? Scorpio season, baby. Scorpio, Ashton Harris. Happy birthday. We coming, baby. Happy we coming. Birthday. Me and Kofi, we coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody uh, in the in the chats. Uh, appreciate you guys coming in, joining us, Facebook and on YouTube. Go and hit that thumbs up button. You know, you can you can also donate to the show. We got a couple different ways in which you can donate to the show. Uh, not only do we have a link down there, you can also hit the uh, the uh, the Cash App link. You can uh, send that to. Uh, my JBN, my BCSN, uh, just like that. Of course, the dollar sign, my JBN, my BCSN. Or you can send it, if, if you're in YouTube, you can go ahead and send that uh, super chat. You can send that uh, little donation there in the uh, YouTube chat. So however you want to support the show, we'd appreciate it. We appreciate you. Coming up at the top of hour two, we're going to talk to QB1's mom. Miss Eric, Mrs. Erica Musa. I can't say any better than that. Uh, QB1's mom. You know, we heard uh, Jeremy on uh, Willie Simmons Live. So we're going to kind of do the uh, part two angle. And uh, since we don't have uh, Jeremy, we'll uh, go to the uh, go to the source, talk to uh, mom QB1. And uh, so that's what we'll be uh, doing here. And, uh, you know, Next week, we'll, we'll have to reach out and we'll have to bring in a dad. So, we, you know, we just, it's, it's a family show. Family show, right? You get it? There you go. All right. So, uh, hey, uh, all right, real quick, let's address, let's address the bull coming out of Tampa real quick. We'll start there so we can end there quickly. Obviously, what was this, Monday Monday, when the report started coming out, USF Bulls had fired their head coach. Um, I can't even think of the coach's name. Um, I think his only win might have come against. Huh? Keep going. Uh, Yeah, his only win may have come against FAMU last year. Uh, Jeff Scott, I think, is the name, uh, is coach's name, if I got the name right. He actually was a teammate of Coach Simmons at Clemson, mm-hmm. but uh, had a tough time in the, I don't even think he made it two full seasons, maybe a season and a half. Two, if two, that, two and a half. Uh, two and a half. Yeah. I, I think it went bad when his, when the star quarterback who uh, a young man out of uh, uh, Sanford Seminole, really good quarterback, watched him for a few years here in the Orlando area, lead that team to a yeah. championship. When he left, uh, that thing, it just kind of went south because that was the future. And so when he, when he transferred, I think he transferred to either you, of course he went to UCF. I think he transferred to UCF and that just 
So, I mean, yeah, all kinds. So, anyway, the, the story and the rumors started coming out that uh, among names such as John Gruden, uh, who is a Tampa resident, I guess, still loves the Tampa area, even though he's sort of been ostracized by the NFL. You know, he's Mr. Football. Uh, you know, the John Gruden fired quarterback coaches association or whatever he had. But anyway, right there as rumored to be the second favorite candidate was our own head coach, Willie Simmons. And so, you know, there it was. Just the buzz was was getting rolling in. Who were some of the other names on that list, Kelvin, Who that, uh, that you recall seeing? Because it was like at least about a dozen names. Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen. Yeah. Former UF yeah. coach. Brent. Scott uh, Frost. Primetime. Scott Frost on that list. Yeah. yeah, Scott Frost, yeah. Um, and so, I look, hey, I, I always – I kept – you know, because when people – obviously when your coach gets mentioned in a cycle like that, you start getting texts from friends who are on the peripheral, right? I don't know about y'all, but I got at least a handful of – among the Jeff Saturday stuff that was going on for the Colts Nation, I also got people texting me, yo, are y'all going to lose your coach? And I'm like, well, we we fired one coach. What coach are you talking about? So I had to kind of make sure I, had, I was finding out what people were talking about. But, yeah, no, I mean, the whole idea of Coach Simmons moving off the USF uh, was, was – was, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure it was uh, – what's the right word? Um, interesting. It was interesting. I'm sure very complimentary for him. Traumatizing. And what – you think it was traumatizing for some for some you you think well i look i mean i mean look, you know, hey, the bottom line is this when, when coaches are when coaches are coaching and they winning they're gonna get attention yep. you know there's no yep. there's no coach who's gonna be life for you know that that's that's very rare that you know coaches win and stay um, and don't take other opportunities. All right, so it comes with the turf. He's going to be mentioned when certain openings go go. We're good for him. I mean, I mean that's a, I mean that program is successful, right? You want he's had uh, guys off his staff that have you know in the NFL and and other other places. He has a, he's establishing a pretty good coaching tree. So I mean, I mean that that that, that you're gonna have to deal with that. Uh, and um, right now they haven't done their process or finished their process. Who knows? He still may be a part of the process. Uh, so, you know, uh, but we know uh, this week we got Alabama State, and that's the focus right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I look, I, it's funny. I, I just saw uh, Mike say that uh, that Coach Simmons is the number one. I, I don't believe he is the top can. I think – by all accounts, big boosters, the guys with money, John Gruden's hanging with boosters. Um, they are about to open a new stadium in in Tampa in two years' time. They want somebody with that kind of cachet and that kind of name to to bridge the two years into that stadium. So it makes sense to be able to get a big name like that. And And whatever you may think about John – Gruden on the professional level, uh, there's still people buying what he's selling. You know, there's still people who consider him because he talks a good game. He he talks he talks football. 
and, and he talks the way people like to listen and spend money. So, uh, you, you know, a lot of people. I, I agree, man. I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know why you keep talking about Gruden. I think some of the other big names are more plausible. But I, I really doubt Gruden is plausible for a lot of reasons. He, he, you know, he's a pro coach, number one. He's not a, he's not a college growth coach. I don't think he, he would enjoy the grind of recruiting and teaching and all that kind of stuff. He ain't the most patient of person. And his personality stinks when it comes to today's collegiate athletes. Um, and he has all that baggage right now. So I don't think he's a serious candidate. Uh, I think the other candidates are serious. And, and I, I think Willie may be a serious candidate. I mean, I'm not saying he, I, he's not the front runner. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think, but he's definitely in the midst. His name ain't coming up for no reason. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so, I mean, if you had to, if you, oh, so obviously with, with that name in consideration and it's going to be there. And so I, I respect the fact that coach Simmons is his boots are his, his feet are going to be planted where he's at. His focus is going to be on this team. Uh, it, it, it's, it's something that's out there. And I guess until South Florida hires somebody else, we're just going to have to continue to, 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 to listen to the rumors and just kind of see what happens. Right. I, I, I it's just going to be what it's going to be. So, um, you know, say what you will, but, uh, that, uh, now what that means for FAMU and, you know, how does FAMU keep Willie Simmons? That that's the question that we should, yes, he may be under contract through 2026. I think I saw. And yes, he may be a native of this. Yes, his wife may be a graduate and all those things. But how does FAMU continue to make this job appealing given some of the issues that he has gone through this year? Well, the FAMU job is always going to be interesting from the standpoint with our history, our tradition, and the fact that we're in Florida. So... Uh, in spite of everything that's crazy, the 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 good thing is we now have an AD with compliance, um, with compliance history, um, who's probably who's going to do a good job in that area, um, you know. But this is nothing new, I you know, for FAMU, and I think that you know, and it's definitely nothing new when it comes to Coach Simmons because every year he's been here. It's been a rumor that he's going somewhere else. So by now, we should be used to it. Um, and it is what it is. It doesn't mean that he's going out and soliciting stuff. Um, but the fact of the matter remains, again, as long as he's successful, people are going to want him. Now, this happened with Billy Joe, strangely enough, with the team that we're playing this week. Um, after our 99 season, Alabama State tried to poach Coach Joe from FAMU. Really? You, you know, okay. they did. Of course, it didn't you know avail because they were about to get that new stadium and all of that other stuff, but they wanted somebody. They And they were looking to go to Division One. so Billy Joe was somebody that they wanted. Um, even Coach Hubbard, when Coach Hubbard was here, he was very successful. The Dallas Cowboys came after him. Um, uh I think East Carolina came after him. Um, so it's it's nothing new, nothing new. If they're not coming after your coach, that means your program sucks. 
were they coming? Now, you mentioned Joe going to another HBCU. Was Hubbard, were they looking at him in an assistant role with the Cowboys? Were, I mean, were they looking at him as a I mean, head coach? Because... He, wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to replace Tom Landry, but that would have been uh, a big deal. You know, but even let's go, let's go HBCU and Eddie Robinson, who had an opportunity to coach the Rams, you know, before they hired John Robinson. So mm-hmm. he just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's only been, to my knowledge, one other HBCU coach, and I believe it's Willie Jeffries, that has gone. Yeah. I, and I, I want to say, I want to clarify this an African-American HBCU coach go from this level to a, what you would consider a PWI uh, power five upper, upper, you know, next level up program. Uh, you know, so it, we're, we're, it's uncharted. Man at all Yeah. Yeah. But he, I, well, that's why I clarified by saying an African-American HBCU coach because Jay Hobson, who you're thinking of, I'm sure, from Alcorn, right. uh, you know, uh, uh, a Caucasian, Southern who Miss. actually moved up. Yeah, went to Southern Miss, and that's the so that that was the only that's the that's the second HBCU coach to move up. So it, it's uncharted territory, you know. But I I firmly believe that you know Simmons is that guy. That eventually, I, I, you know, I would love to see Simmons be around for a ten-year period, at least. And I, and I think, you know, if we can continue to build a, a strong structure and a solid program under uh, Madam AD, uh, we, you know, hopefully that'll happen. So, uh, just something to keep our, we'll, 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 we'll table that discussion until other rumors and interesting <laughs> stories come out. Uh, can we transition to volleyball for a moment? Uh, Lady Rattlers, Lady Rattler Volleyball. This is they're in a stretch. They're in a period of a four-game stretch, home stretch here. Final four games and final four home games of the regular season. Uh, unfortunately, they started it off with a loss to Alabama State, losing three sets to one. Uh, Alabama State was the uh, that was the team we opened the season with. Uh, down 0-2 ended up winning 3-2 and then running off with, uh, I believe, 12 consecutive games in the regular season this year. Uh, Alabama State kept pace with us. Their only loss this season was to us. So they, I mean, we've been back and forth as one and two. Well, we've been one. They've been two all year. They kind of evened it up with a strong dominating performance. Uh, I know they put three young ladies on the all-swack honors for this week as a result of not only beating us, but then they beat Bethune. And so they moved into first place. We're in second place right now, but really that's just by the total total wins. And by the time it all balances out, it'll be it will be in a tie, hopefully. And I don't know what the tiebreaker is in terms of seeding. So we'll have to look into that. But uh um, you know, we ended up losing that one three one. Then we rebounded the next night against Alabama A&M for our 11th sweep of the season. We beat the Bulldogs 3-0. And uh, I, I think I got I have to mention the fact that Dominique Washington moved into 10th place, moved into the top 10 in all-time kills in FAMU volleyball history. 
And what's amazing about that is she's done that in practically two seasons. Uh, there are some there are some ladies on that list who had three to four years of solid experience, solid time on that top ten list. And they, I mean, obviously, you remember our history where we put in some MIAC consecutive titles back in the early two thousands. Um, Dominique, you know, congratulations on hitting the top ten. We'll have to kind of look at the stats to see uh, where she goes. Uh, Brooklyn Watts was named that newcomer of the week. Uh, Watts contributed on the offense and D side over the past weekend, finishing the week with 20 kills, 19 digs and four blocks. So uh, again, again, I think that's like the third or fourth time I've seen Brooklyn Watts on that newcomer of the week static uh, thing there. So I, I think she, she's well on her way to winning that award. I'd be surprised if anybody else wins that. I don't think anyone else has had nearly as many newcomer of the week awards. Okay, so transitioning to the last two. Kelvin, you sent out a good text. Uh, talk a little bit about, Kelvin, what's happening as it relates to the news that just was released and how FAMU and the SWAC are kind of helping everybody out uh, as it relates to some shuffling of volleyball games uh, as a result of Tropical Storm Nicole. Yeah, there's a tropical storm that's slated the impact um, the Daytona, Central Florida area, uh, uh, late on tonight, early morning. And um, Bethune has already had, had some damage because of Hurricane Ian that, that was about four weeks ago. So um, so the Swag and FAMU, um, we had home games already. The Mississippi schools were going to be here. So um, all the this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, both teams will be playing at Lawson Center here on Family Use Campus. Uh, Bethune plays at 12 o'clock on Saturday against Valley. We play at 3 against Jackson State. And then on Sunday, it's reverse. We play 10 a.m. in the morning. Uh, and, and Bethune plays Jackson State at uh, 2.30 p.m. So, you know, that's that, that's our, our, our little brother. And, uh, yeah. you know, they, they, they're dealing with some things, going through some things, and it's it's the right thing to do, and I'm glad that, you know, it, it was worked out. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it should be noted. Now, the storm, this, actually supposed Jack- to come up, the, storm, the storm is actually supposed to come here, too, though, Tallahassee. But it, it's supposed to clear out right. by Friday, midday. Yeah, okay. supposed to go into the Gulf, cross the state, go into the Gulf, and then come back east. And so it, it's, we're supposed to get some, 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 some you know, Sustained gusts of 40 miles per hour, maybe. Uh, and then, um, you know, rain. But it, it should clear out fairly quickly. It's moving pretty fast. Okay. Yeah, because what I – okay, so that's a little different reading because I thought it was going to come across or at least towards Tampa and then shoot back towards Jacksonville. So I didn't think it would be coming up through Tallahassee. So that'll be – interesting to see how it moves of course these things can move in unpredictable ways uh i do want to make mention to everybody if you're in the tallahassee region in the tallahassee area here's why you want to go to these games this weekend the jackson state contest jackson state is currently sitting in third place in the swag volleyball standings their only losses this year have come to two teams 
Alabama State, and FAMU. They've lost tw- twice to Alabama State. They've lost to us once. So they're sitting at a record of 11-3. and three. Um, You know, we're we we they we're pretty much locked into either the one or two seed, I think, um, and short of something crazy, which I don't see happen because Valley – Valley is winless this year. They're like 0-14 in conference, 1-22 this year. So that should be a win on Sunday. But the Jackson State game I think is interesting because I would rather not have to play Jackson State in the semifinals. Now, I say that, and then you guys would jump over me. Oh, we'll play whoever we want to play. Okay. I would rather not play Jackson State in the semifinals of the SWAC tournament. I'm just going to say it and leave it there. So – we need to win this game, and I don't know. Tie, we'll have to look into how the tiebreakers work in uh, volleyball because I don't know. Given the fact that we split with Alabama State, I don't. I hope they don't do it based on a number of sets won, put it like that. Um, yeah. And then on Sunday, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Kevin, right? I don't. I hope it doesn't come. Yeah, out man. I, I then, got a feeling that's probably how they'll do it. <laughs> oh God. Uh, with stacking me, that means we're going to be stuck at the two Just seat. beat everybody, man. Just kick. See, kick, there do you go. Do. That's right. There you go. There's Kofi. Beat everybody. Beat everybody. All right, Kofi. I love you. Uh, Sunday would be the last regular season game, and we got to come out and show some love to our seniors. Um, um, you know, I let me see. I, I don't have the full list. I wanted to try to try to gather who those that full list of seniors are uh but just i'm gonna just kind of go from what i see in terms of redshirt seniors or grad students what we're talking about we're talking about probably probably uh karina uh presser or uh she's a grad student from orlando uh iramu car redshirt senior i believe this is her last year uh i'm not sure if nina sharpton has another year she may have another year under her belt even though she's a redshirt senior um, we do know that, um, Abuke, uh, she's a senior grad student. Dominique's a grad student. So this could probably be their last. So we may have probably four, maybe five young ladies that are in their final home game, including the, uh, the, uh, two all SWAC players. Uh, in Iram and Dominique. So we just need to get out there and show them ladies some love, man, um, Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Um, anything else you guys want to add on volleyball before we go to break and get to the hour, top of hour two? No. All right. No, you covered. All right. So let's take a break. Come back at the top of hour two. Uh, Mrs. Erica Musa. Mom QB1, she'll be joining us here in the top of hour two. So uh, this should be fun. So make sure to tune in. You're watching the OG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm returning to Clemson, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. 
Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. All around town, trying to get down. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, uh-oh, Kelvin somewhere. Uh, Kofi, joined us. Uh, it's our Marcus Green. And then, of course, we affectionately call Mom QB1, uh, uh, Mrs. Erica Musa, Jeremy Musa's mom. Uh, we like to welcome you. Uh, Erica, thanks for uh, coming on this show. How are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm doing great. I appreciate the invitation, Brian and Kofi. And Marcus, just to have uh, the opportunity to speak. So shoot away. So is this a, a first where you have been sort of invited on to, to talk about uh, your, your, your son from perspective of, of mom uh, in his college career? Is this a first? Yes, this is a first. And I have to tell you, my kids are dying laughing. Why do I want to 
talk to you. <laughs> so, right. Hey, you know, I, I'll do my best. <laughs> you know, how many kids do we, you have? We... So, Jeremy's my oldest, so he's 22. And then my daughter, Natalie, is 19. She's a college student at Malone University in Long Island, New York. And she's a softball player. So I got two ballers in the family. Nice. Wow. wow. Okay. And you said, yeah. and both of them traveled to the other side of the country. How, how did you let that happen? How, what, how'd that yeah. happen? Hey, when you're raising your kids and they find their passion and they're working hard uh, for whatever sport it is, you're just hoping for them to get that opportunity to play at the next level. And sometimes you can't choose where that is going to be. And unfortunately for my kids, that trip has been across the country or in the middle of the ocean. So they've gone really far. But, you know, it's hard as a parent to let them go. But when they have that opportunity, you got to take it and run. It's going to be the best thing for them for the, for the remainder of their life. Right. right. And uh, so for many people who, who don't know, obviously, hopefully you had a chance to watch Willie Simmons live, uh, his show, uh, coach's show. Jeremy was actually featured uh, as the uh, live in-studio uh, guest on the show yesterday. And so it was like, hey, what better way to get another perspective? Because we know we know Jeremy's in-season mode, right? So there's only so much he's going to say. He's going to give us the, 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 the standard uh, QB1 uh, cliches and all those other stuff. We can't get anything good out of him until after the season. So uh, Marcus was uh, good about engineering and say, yo, let's get, let's talk to his mom. Let's get his mom in here and, uh, you know, find out about, find out what we can't normally find out. So Marcus, I'm going to give you the first question uh, since you did so much good work on uh, getting in uh, Erica in for this. Well, first and foremost, thanks, Brian, and thanks, Erica, for coming on and being agreeable to coming on. And Brian, you actually took one of my questions, and so about uh -oh. the, having the kids far away and how that works out in the family dynamic. But I guess I want to start with this: How did you and your family, Erica, find out about FAMU? Oh gosh, um, you know, in Jeremy's journey, which he did speak a little bit about on the the live show yesterday, mm -hmm. he's been you know all, all over the place. And I'm just trying to find that home uh, where he can be the guy and have the opportunity to earn the spot. So that's taken him to a couple different stops. And on this time when he was grad transferring, he put his name in the portal. And I believe it was Coach Black that was the first one to co contact him like that day. So um, FAMU was the first contact. And, you know, he still did have the conversation with a few more schools, took a few more visits, but um, just overall, the the family atmosphere of FAMU, the history of FAMU, the opportunity to come in and make an immediate impact, and then to learn from two former quarterbacks. It was the best opportunity all around for him. So he made a great football decision, of course, discussing it with us as a family. We always make those big decisions together. Uh, he chose FAMU, and we're so happy for him to have the opportunity to be there with you guys. Well, thank you. The uh, let me let me ask with the was there any previous relationship? I and I know we had Coach Black on, I think before he or right after he took the opportunity with the Rams. Was was there any, what was the relationship, or was there any 
relationship? I mean, obviously, if Coach Black's the first one to jump in, what was it that Coach Black knew of Jeremy or had seen that when he saw his name, he was like, he was like, hey, we got to go. We got to I have to call him ASAP. And, you know, what what was what was there? Yeah, I mean, this is secondhand. I mean, I don't know what the specific particulars, but uh, I believe Jeremy's quarterback coach, who's a a gentleman named Steve Calhoun out of Orange County, California, that uh, Jeremy's trained with him since he's 14. I believe that him and Coach Black had a previous relationship. So um, he let him know, hey, you know what, my guy is um, just entering the portal. And then uh, Coach Black did his homework and talked to several other coaches that uh, knew Jeremy and then um, another young man that went to Vanderbilt with Jeremy, I guess coach black had uh, re- tried to recruit him as well. So he gave him a, you know, a really good reference as well. So a um, couple, couple people that were you know, instrumental in getting him there and then just coming out for the visit. I mean, he, he really loved the campus. Um, he, I think when he went there, it was maybe um, Christmas break. But, um, you know, it, it was a great opportunity. And just his conversations with um, Coach Willie and Coach Black um, kind of sealed, sealed the deal for him. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kelvin. So, so I'm interested, first of all, um, what I know you watched him perform at, a, you know, from, I guess, literally through where he is now. And like I say, he's been at a lot of different counter stops. Uh, just tell me your impression as a mom and as a fan of the FAMU home environment since you've had a chance to visit it uh, and, and the HBCU kind of experience. You know, I know it's new, a little more nuanced. You got the bands and, and the pageantry, pageantry with the queens and stuff. Just tell me, you know, your, your observations of it. No comparison, hand down. The homecoming was the most exciting game and the best game environment I've ever been to. And we were at Hawaii and we are at Vanderbilt before. So th- those are some, you know, I, I would say it consider maybe bigger programs, but no comparison. So it just knock your socks up good. And the, the marching 100 is just top notch. Uh, the excitement with the bands playing and uh, the game, it's its just exhilarating. And I had a blast the few times that I was able to go. All right, quick follow-up. How do you handle when, when he's playing and so forth, uh, you know, uh, as, as a mom, um, are, are you critical? Are you tough? Uh, <laughs> do you, do you your friend, you know, do you drill them after the game? How, how, do you critique them? How do you? How, how is it watching them play on um, game day? I'm the anxious one, like praying in the stands. It's, you know, it's 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 hard to explain the the feeling. It's uh, excitement. It's anxiety because you know every play they're coming to take his head off. So it's it's a mix. It's it's a lot to deal with. And uh, right. I just have to find, you know, coping mechanisms. Sometimes I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working out in the morning before and like running or walking five miles or doing push-ups or something like that. I have nervous energy. So um, it's challenging. I'll say that. But that's the nature of the game. That's the nature of the beast. 
and that's what we signed up for. And um, we're just so excited to see him have an opportunity to uh, use his skills that he's been working at since he's been uh, a little guy, eight years old. So he's been playing quarterback since he's eight years old. So uh, yeah. it's exciting to see him grow in the passion of the game and then to grow in his skill level and then now being able to display it on a, on a big stage. So it's awesome. Nice. Wow. Nice. Kofi. So um, you, tell me about your favorite tailgating experience. Did you have an opportunity to have a tailgating experience at Florida now? You know what? We haven't uh, too much. I wouldn't say tailgated for sure because we're always flying in cross country. So it's like we we feel bad. We're not going to just roll up on someone's tailgate. But uh, we've had a couple experiences on Perry Street. And, uh, you know, Perry Street, you can get everything you need. And uh, we've sampled quite a bit of the good food. This last time we had some Caribbean that was bomb. So uh, we, we, we've partaken, but I just, I haven't, we haven't, uh, we haven't. Uh, <laughs> tailgate, up on yeah. tailgate, yeah. Kind of feel bad. Right, right. So do, did you play sports in uh, high school or college? You know, I, I did not play little, as a young kid, you know, a little bit of softball here and there, but not much organized. Uh, I was more into, you know, health and fitness, lifting weights and uh, doing that kind of thing. My husband is actually a physical therapist. So he did play some football in high school, but uh, he, he got hurt at a young age and he couldn't play anymore. So um, we don't have that, you know, long sports background but uh you know to see the kids do we we've encouraged that and um with my husband having the uh physical therapy background um it's really been a plus because sometimes with my son being uh, a quarterback and then my daughter's a pitcher some days we'd have yeah. both of them on the couch iced up with her arms so <laughs> he's he's been great taking care of them their their whole life and their whole sports career that's mm -hmm. awesome Nice, nice. Marcus, go ahead. Uh, yes, I guess my next question, actually, I'm crossing some of them off, and this is why we're we're all brothers at FAMU, because y'all are asking the same questions I have written down, so I got to go down the list. <laughs> but I guess one of the questions I wanted to ask, uh, do you believe, and this is more of an opinion for you, Erica, if there was a mm -hmm. stronger HBCU recruiting presence in California where you guys reside, you think it would be more of a possibility of getting kids straight out of high school, just based on what you've seen thus far with, with Jeremy being at FAMU and some of the things that it offers compared to the other stops where he's been? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I really think that, you know, California is one of the biggest hotbeds of talent and as well, you know, as, as well as uh, Florida, maybe Texas. Um, definitely with, you know, the help of Deion Sanders and him really helping to elevate the stage of HBCU and using his platform. And then also, you know, with, with FAMU, uh, just with us considering how unique was it of us to have the opportunity to watch the Why Not Us series before we made a decision. So we mm. could see exactly, you know, how coach Willie is, how the team, uh, interacts. It, it was, it was, it was an amazing opportunity as we were, uh, you know, contemplating other schools and, uh, comparing to have that experience. So your, to answer your question, yes. I mean, 
with with FAMU being on Good Morning America, with Jackson State being on College Game Day, um, definitely, I think you'll have uh, a much better shot at getting some of the three, four, five star kids. It's a matter of going after it now. That that first domino of Travis Hunter fell, shook the world. Now it's a matter of who's next. Right. right. Well, thank you. And I guess as a quick follow-up, you mentioned that you guys had a chance to watch Why Not Us. How, and just say from a percentage standpoint, on watching that that series, how much did that play into convincing uh, Jeremy and perhaps the whole family that this was a good fit? Um, I think it kind of sealed the deal. I mean, number one, the decision was made strictly on football opportunity. Because at his age, he's counting down the time. His a lot of time has taken away, <laughs> right. and he had not mm-hmm. seen the field. So time was, was of the essence. So to him to have the opportunity to earn a spot is, is the number one reason. And then to go to somewhere where they're going to mentor him and they're going to help mold him into a better player. Because ultimately that's his goal is to – achieve the highest level of success uh, as he possibly can. So that was the overriding factor with FAMU. But being able to see Coach Willie and the other coaches and how they were and um, more uh, about the competition in the HBCU uh, schools uh, in the show, it was so insightful and just really did help seal the deal. Okay. Well, thank you. That's a good point. I, you know, I, I, I hate to say it's just a year ago, but I had, I had kind of forgotten how impactful that show and what a great recruiting tool that show mm-hmm. is as it talks about not only coach Simmons, uh, the program, but in the campus as well. So that's good to be reminded about that. Um, and you mentioned earlier about the recruiting in California, and I think Marcus, you kind of brought this up a little bit, but has, does Jeremy being, you know, a California kid, so to speak, um, has it sort of resonated with uh, the local papers or with the local, whether it be former coaches or any, the, you know, the community in California to look out and say, hey, we got one of our own doing a great in Florida, you know, and he's doing it at an HBCU and Hey guys, you know, there's opportunities on the other side of the country in the South. I mean, how does that translate from, from, you know, any perspective that you, you have? Yeah, there has been uh, a couple spotlights that have been done. I mean, he still keeps in touch with all his former coaches, his high school. They're uh, super supportive of him and all the other kids that have gone on to the next level. And there've been several professional players out of his high school as well. Um, and yeah, in the LA market locally, he's uh, done a segment on, I think it's channel five and channel nine news. And then the HBCU go uh, the ones that are shown on um, HBCU go are broadcast on um kcal 9 which is a big la market tv tv station so um it's been maybe two or three of the games already so it's been awesome and um that's a first you know we have never had the live uh hbcu uh, games on in the la market so we're we're thankful because uh you know we got family all over 
He's got, um, you know, friends all over the country. He's got friends internationally that are um, following him and just, you know, so excited to see um, FAMU's success and to, for Jeremy to be a part of that success at FAMU. Thank you. Nice, nice. Uh, Kelvin, Kofi, Marcus, any final questions that you want to get in here with, uh, with mom QB1 as, as uh, I've sort of coined her now? Yes, you're going to be able to make it to Orlando. Yes, our next game will be in Orlando. So I look forward to meet all you guys up there in person. Um, that'd be great. Um, yeah, we're excited. We're It's going to be a little family reunion out there. And uh, we can't wait to awesome. see them uh, put up some big numbers against uh, Bethune-Cookman, right? Got to speak it into existence. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it, Mom. I love it. Let's go. You. He can say I'm going to. He can say I'm going to Disney World. We're going to Disney World after the game. That's I, I got right. one more question. I, I got sure. one. More, I got one more question. So, what was it like that first game, North Carolina? The, once he knew he was going to be the star, and he called you, talk about his excitement, talk about the family excitement, and I believe you all went to that game too, right? Yeah, we did. Um, just, just, just talk about that first time seeing him uh, living out his dream. Okay, I'll I'll back up a little bit on that. Um, You know, not only was this his first game ever, and we've been waiting, this is his fifth year. So, you know, a lot of time, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication. But to go into that game against that ACC team in the middle of the storm that was going on behind the scenes, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. When we took off from LAX, on Twitter, the news was game is going to be canceled. So we're like, what the heck? What's going on? <laughs> so we, had, we thought we were not going to play a game. So by the time we landed, the first thing we did was uh, look and see. It was like, okay, the game's on and they're traveling. Lovely. But, uh, you know, just that whole uh, storm with the eligibility right. issues and, um, you know, that stuff that went on um that was tough so for them boys to show up underhanded with what was it 26 27 players that right. could not make the trip and then some of our top guys um just the mindset and the focus you have to have to go into that yeah. game before you even step foot on the field it's it's huge so for that yeah. game to be his first game it was, I, I can't describe the feeling, but watching what they were able to do when they're down and out, underhanded, and still right. give them a run for their money, I, I have never been so proud of yes. my son and that team to show the grit and the the metal of what they're made of. So that was that was awesome i mean we were i was bawling my eyes out all night and uh it it was just it was awesome experience and we just we were so proud of of all the boys just the the heart that they showed to show up and show out at that game it was awesome 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 i I do have one one more before we go now uh Erica, you mentioned that this is his fifth year. Now, I don't know. Is he getting a COVID year? Are we going to see him in 2023? I don't know if it's something that 
we can talk about or if it's something that's you know, I don't want to get you in yeah, trouble. Well, at this breaking time, news. I mean, breaking news. Yeah, at this time, I mean, you you don't know what's going to happen or what. I can't speak for my son, but um, you know, at this point, he does have the extra year of eligibility remaining, and I I, I believe he's leaning towards coming back to FAMU and you know finishing out there. But um, you know, you never know what lies down you know like same thing as you guys were talking about with coach willie you don't know what's in the future so you can't say you're gonna do something we have no idea what the circumstances are but as far as i know that's that's the bent that he's going to be back at famu next year so all right all right well thank you very much well thank you so much for having me i i really appreciate it and uh looking forward to meeting everybody in orlando we got to make sure. Oh, sure. Let's, uh, Looking forward to meeting you too. Yeah. <laughs> if y'all have uh, a, ahead, y'all, Erica, have a tailgate, any... y'all need to invite the family. Yes, you need to know oh, yeah. what tailgate. I need the the, the we'll, info. We'll, we'll, we'll let you. We'll, we'll <laughs> we make you. sure you know where the tailgate you. is. We yeah. got you. Right. We got you. Uh, plugs. Any there. plugs, Erica? Any plugs you want to give out? Anything you want to let people know? How can they follow you on social media? Or if you want to give out Jeremy's plug, whatever you want to plug, you got the floor is yours right now. No, I I, I got no plugs. I'm just thankful <laughs> and I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to talk to me and um, you know we're we're open and um, you know we're we're real proud of Jeremy's journey and um, we're just thankful for him to have the opportunity at FAMU. So we're blessed. All right. Well, again, right. thank you, Erica. Uh, thank you. It's, Jeremy's, it's a great story. I mean, his, his is a great story. Yeah. And uh, it's not finished. There's still some more yeah. pages to write. And He's so still uh, writing we're it. enjoying it. <laughs> we're still writing it. Right. So uh, thanks for taking some time out this evening. And uh, you have a good evening. All right. And we'll, we'll see you in Orlando. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great evening. All right. You All right. You thank too. you. Um, Pleasure. All Bye-bye. right. All right. All right. Um, Mrs. Erica Musa, mom QB1, as we, as we like to call her around here. Uh, Marcus Green back joining us. Um, before we go to break, Marcus, any any quick things you want to add as you were listening to the show earlier in any of our other segments? Uh, anything you want to jump in and, and, and quickly comment on? Anything you want to get a take in on before we go to a commercial break? Um, you guys are on point about the Southern and the Bama State game. I, mean, I know you didn't go in depth, but you know it's going to be critical putting things out there, trying to make sure we're getting things in place. Around the volleyball, yeah, I, I, that loss was kind of – I was like, eh, but you could kind of tell the Bama State, and I guess preseason, Bama State and Jackson State were probably the two, one, the two teams you had to look out for. So you knew it was kind of dicey, especially since we came back and beat them at their place. And I guess just a, an update, we did sign two high school players for volleyball today, uh, okay. one out of okay. Kennesaw Mountain High School in Georgia and another out of Alabama. I can't remember the exact city, but we did sign two players. And I know in one interview, a coach, um, Gil kind of mentioned that you know they, they had pretty much already two high school commitments for next year. And I guess he may be filling in the gaps with perhaps some other transfers or if they have extra years of eligibility. So we'll see, like you mentioned, we do have people listed as seniors or graduate students. So 
we'll have to see in terms of the eligibility how who comes back but we did sign two people today yeah uh kelvin before maybe you can find out before we come back text coach and find out and say hey how many how many seniors are going to be recognized uh, is it four or five i i you know i think we're down to the final i think it's four but i i just want to be for sure and then marcus i saw a quick question you could i saw kofi kind of answer this in the chat room marcus you can add into this um mr figures asked uh in terms of whether this is the last year for jeremy jamarie tim williams jr and terrell jennings i believe all uh, kofi already said that jamarie has another year we just found out about musa having another year what about Timothy Williams Jr. and Terrell Jennings? Both have another year, right? I think Terrell does. He probably gets Jennings the COVID does. year. Um, yeah, I think Jennings does. I'm not sure about Timothy Williams. I think he was in that first class. He may still, because if he was class of 2018, the first one, then I guess theoretically he still might as well. Okay. But yeah, yeah it depends on whether they come back or – how often they play, but I do think because Ter- Terrell is class of 2019, so even if, I mean, even if he didn't have a COVID year, if he played all four years, well, I guess this would be his last year, 2009. Well, 2020 didn't count, so 2023 would be his last year with the COVID. But I think everybody else is good. I wasn't sure about Jamar Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He has another year. Okay, let's take a quick two-minute break, come back. We got to get into some talk quickly about the debut of the women and men's basketball season and then up the show with our uh, SWAC predictions and as well as our bold predictions for the Alabama State uh, FAMU game. Marcus is going to join us and come in as well. So two minutes, we'll be back. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world.
shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Velvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.m-e-l-b-e-t-b-o-u-t-i-q-u-e.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Whether it's advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded, Coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic. We can help. Find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org. to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, Marcus Green joining us. Uh, again, shout out to Erica Musa for joining us in that last segment. Uh, some good perspective uh, on Jeremy. Just a little background on him in case you missed it. Feel free to go back and rewind or catch it on the YouTube stream after this show ends. You can also catch it on the BCSN Pod Zone, which is available everywhere you listen and download the podcast including Amazon Music, just simply say, hey, Alexa, play BCSN Pod Zone. Bam, there's the podcast right there, along with other shows that appear on the Black College Sports Network. All right, guys, uh, men and women's basketball season started on Monday, uh, along with hundreds of other teams from around the country. A um, couple of quick impressions from our women's team. Uh, now, we lost to Florida 88-53, to but that final score is not indicative of how well this team played. This was probably, you could not have asked for a better start for this team. Um, I will, you know, this, so just some of the highlights as I went through some of the bullets. We started off the game on an 8 to nothing run, literally 8-0 run. I think I, I, I anybody who caught the tweet, at 8-0, I stopped tweeting. I got. I didn't want to jinx anything up from that point forward. I stopped tweeting. I shut Twitter off and said no more tweets for the rest of this game. We're just gonna sit back and watch the game. Um, you know, we 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 had a like. Uh, uh, we ended up trailing a little bit later once uh, Florida made some substitutions, and but FAMU stayed in this ball game to the point where. Early in the third quarter, it was a five-point ball game. Uh, it was an 11-point ball game at halftime, 11-point ball game at the end of the third quarter. I thought what was really impressive to me, guys, FAMU held Florida to 36% from the field and 29% from the three-point arc. I mean, we see all the time Power 5 bigger schools beat up on little schools. Why? They, you know, they kill them with the three-point shot. Our defense was pretty doggone good. I mean, look, we, we actually shot a better field goal percentage than Florida because we shot 37.7% from the field. Um, the problem was 
late in the ball game Turnovers. because of our huh? yeah, yeah, the the bugaboo. Turnovers. The bugaboo. Yeah, the bugaboo, the the good old turnovers where we uh, 28 to 14 by the time it was all said and done. But, you know, after talking to the coaches, most of that came in the fourth quarter and we only mm-hmm. played six, six ladies. I mean, three, three players, no, excuse me, four played 36 or more minutes. I mean, wow. The other two, I think, yeah. How many other girls played a total of six? I think no, eight, eight players played, but it was primarily the four, which was our leading returner, uh, Horton, and then the four transfers. So, you know, the one thing that hurt us is, remember when we had Coach Pillow on the show, uh, what was that, like two or three weeks ago? Yes. And, and we were talking about health, right? We were talking about health. Yeah, we jinxed it because, like, a couple of, a couple of I'm like, two or three ladies have gotten hurt since then. So we're just hoping that health becomes a, a uh, uh, like the ladies get back to being healthy again because uh, that's important. What what are your guys' takeaway, Kelvin, Kofi, Marcus, quick takeaways as you watched or what you did watch of that game? So Just I, we're I competitive. Go ahead, Kelvin. Kelvin, go ahead. Three, two, one, go, <laughs> Kofi, come on. Well, I thought that we were very competitive. Um, it's good to see that measure of improvement from last year to this year. Um, but it also speaks to what's needed in our program uh, when it comes to our athletic trainers and um, the additional infrastructure that it takes for us to get and be able to maintain uh, a high level of play at the next level. Um, those are the things that the Jackson State um, program right now was able to implement um, with the support of their AD and the resources that were provided to them. And we need to do the same thing if we're serious about competing at a high level in Division One. Um, but it's good to see that there were some adjustments, that the, the players that we brought in uh, were effective and we've got a style of play that's going to be up-tempo and in-your-face and uh, strong defense. And, uh, you know, so this is just another layer. I was concerned early on, but I think that we're headed, We're definitely headed in the right direction. I'm happy. Calvin, go ahead. There's obviously ta- talent improvement. Um, and, and you have a what appears to be a one-two scoring punch, right? With uh, Dylan back, and then um, the, the young lady, one of the transfers, and I, I, I actually think that uh, some of the Canadian crew will be even more of a factor moving forward. The thing you're gonna have, and this applies both to the men and the women's uh, team right now, is um, they're new. They're still learning each other, and they're doing it playing top competition. They're not play, playing cupcakes. They're playing the best of the best, right? So. So they're going to take their lumps early. Their record may not show it, but if they maintain their competitiveness and, um, and like I say, they maintain their health and, and everything, I think both teams have an excellent chance to compete for a SWAC championship uh, p- potentially, um, uh, being in the top four at least. Um, so, But it, it's a new team. 
uh, on both in both cases, and it's just gonna take time for you to see the results. I'm hopeful um, when we play um, the the one a couple of home games that that both teams have, and then like for instance, I think the guys play like Portland that we'll be able to gauge. Um, and I know we're gonna get into the guys game in a minute, but uh. uh the girls faded at the end a little bit, you know, like you say, it was, it was a close game. And, and ultimately they got a lot of rebounds, rebounds and turnovers uh, kind of created separation down the stretch. And, um, and, you know, and that, you know, that's what it's going to be until we uh, get a little bit more healthier and a little bit more size in the post. Yeah, that one-two punch you're talking about, Dylan Horton, uh, who's the who's the yeah, primary Grizzle. returner, and then Ariana Grizzle, uh, followed up probably by Yvette Subarets, um, you know, one of the one of the three Canadian uh, returners. Marcus, any any quick thoughts you have on the on the women's game? No, I didn't team? get a chance to see it, so I was kind of scanning the score. But uh, okay. like Kelvin, well, Kelvin and Kofi both said, it's. You know, we're putting new pieces together. Everybody's getting accustomed, and you can't really simulate that in um, in practice when you you have to go against live competition that's not in your own jersey. So it'll be it'll just be like the volleyball team. You go through the gauntlet of stiff competition, but hopefully it'll forge into a lot better results in the conference season. Now, Friday, uh, Friday, the uh, ladies are traveling to USF uh, to take on the Bulls, 6 p.m. tip-off. So, you Tampa Rattlers show up. I may drive over for that. That Hurricane or Tropical Storm Nicole hasn't created an issue for me. Uh, I, I definitely want to try to get out there to go see that. Um, USF beat a Moorhead State team on Monday, like 87 to 40, but... I think we would beat Moorhead State by looking at some of their roster and stats. So uh, hopefully the USF doesn't shoot as well as they shot in that game. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But uh, again, Friday at USF, 6 p.m. tip-off for any uh, Tampa Rattlers. Go support the ladies. I think you I think you will be impressed by what you see. I, I think they are going to be a lot better. And hopefully if a couple other players come back, uh, off of uh, being being a little injured or, or tender, uh, they'll be okay. The men, the men uh, were in Oregon uh, against the Mighty Ducks on Monday. Uh, lost eighty to forty five, but again, you know, here's a ball game where we trailed by ten points with fifteen minutes to go in the second half, uh, and then. We, they went on like a 17 to four run in the next seven minutes. And that pretty much pushed it out to a 23 point game. And that was it. But, you know, for the first 20, 25 minutes, we were a competitive ball club. The only problem we've got to find a way to stop. We got to get points in the paint, uh, stop the ball from driving up our, up our tail into the paint too, because we gave up something like 42 points in the paint compared to only scoring 21. But if you looked at the squad, we we looked more athletic than last year's team. Coach told us that he was he liked the wings and the size of this team compared, and it shows. We are a bigger team in terms of height and, and wingspan width than last year. 
Uh, so th- this is a this is an interesting ball uh, ball squad to watch. And tonight we played the Portland Pilots. That is a uh, West Coast Conference team. That's in the same conference where Gonzaga plays. How we, look? We only got two days rest or a day and a half. How do we respond after the game against Oregon? Tonight will be a good night. So if you're up still late after our show, 1030 Eastern, <coughs> WC Coast Basketball. Check the tweets. It, you're available. You can watch it online or you can watch it live. Kelvin, Kofi, quickly, any thoughts on the men's basketball game? Well, I, I had a chance to watch that game. And um, Oregon had seven, uh, three seven-foot-four. Guys, right at seven foot or taller, right? They had a six eleven guy, yes. like three seven footers. So that's why they were able to dominate the paint. Our defense was pretty good um, in terms of uh, you know they, they three point shooting was was worse than ours actually, right? And um, a, a, as Brian indicated, we were within uh, 10, 11 at the half, and then going into the at one time in the second half, we had got it down to eight actually. Um, early on in the second half, and then down the stretch. Of course, the last 10 minutes, you know, they ran away with it. But uh, but I, I was pleasantly surprised uh, with what I saw. And, Coach, if you remember, Coach did say when he came on our show, the offense was behind the defense. That showed, too. Right? Yeah, you know, we're exactly. Pretty, we're Good pretty, point. We're pretty strong defensively. We, have, we still got to find identity, identity offensively. And so – but they're, they're competitive. Yeah. They compete. Yeah. Kofi? You know, it's it's um, it's um always telltale once you get into conference play. And right now, I always look, especially with the HBCU schedule, all of this is preparation for conference play. So um, I think we're going to be able to match up. I think Coach was recruiting to be able to compete within the conference. Um uh, I, and I like the competitiveness of the squad. I just want to see us, um, you know, do another Iowa State. Give us one more Power 5 win. You know, let's let's do it again, uh, you know, as we prepare. Because, you know, for me, I really do believe that we have an opportunity at FAMU to really advance our basketball programs, both of them. And be able to play at a high level, and it's we're we're long overdue for that. You know, the girls have had some measure of success before, but I want to see um, our guys finally get to where we're legitimately competing for a regular season title, and we have not ever had a regular season title in the MIAC or the SWAC. You know. Uh, I can't even remember, even as a young man, us winning the regular season title in the SIAC. Uh, Albany State was always extremely tough. So, you know, but a school like FAMU, we should be able to compete in basketball and be really good. And I would like to see that happen, especially with, um, you know, uh, a good a guy, a good a guy and coach as we have um, coaching our men's program. Yeah, this uh, this Portland team, this is the mid-major game that I that I got circled because I think this is in between a pair of power fives. Like Friday, 
Friday we play Oregon State. It's either Friday or Saturday we play Oregon State on a pack, another Pac-12 team. So if we if we didn't tire ourselves out in the first game, this is the one that I'm curious to see how we do. Uh, Port Portland is a team that prior to their new coach coming in last year, they had won one conference game in three years. So you talk about bottom of the barrel in that conference. That's this Portland program prior to last year. Uh, so 22-point uh, underdogs, uh, over-under is 138. Uh, I'm telling you now, take FAMU plus the 22. Run to the store. FAMU <laughs> plus the 22. I'm calling it I'm calling it right here. Uh, Mark, I agree anything with you, you want to add quick? Yeah, anything you want to add quickly about basketball, uh, men's basketball, Marcus, before we get back to this uh, football? Nope. Just hope I'm waking up with a W. Okay, there you go. Come on now. There you go. Uh, hey, I don't have school tomorrow, so I may find a way to stay up to watch this one. Uh, so that's the one good thing for me. Uh, okay. <laughs> Here we are going into another week. Swack action. This is actually the second – Swack, well, I guess I'll call it the second Swack six. Six Swacks games. Sit, hold on, let me say that right. Six Swack <laughs> games. Everybody in Not the conference wet. plays against each other. Only happened one other time. That was back in like the first week in October or something like that. Um, so obviously you got Preview traveling the uh, UAPB, Valley traveling the Southern. Bethune-Cookman travels to Alcorn. Alabama A&M and Jackson State are playing in Mobile, Alabama. Gramley State travels to Texas Southern. Um, before we get into those games and doing picks, guys, let's let's quickly break down what are we watching for in the FAMU-Alabama State game. Uh, Marcus, I'll start with you. What are we paying what, – what are we watching for? What are you watching to see – against this Alabama State team, who, by the way, let me say this, they've won three games in a row for the first time since 2017. They've got a six-win season for the first time since 2015. They're in uncharted territory. They're having a great season, and they're sitting right now one game behind us in third place. Go, Marcus. I'm looking at, when I just looked up their, their stats on um, NCAA.com, their ninth total defense. So we're 29th but the offense they're 99th and we're 75th so there's a little bit of a differential i'm looking to see how it's especially given the fits and starts we've had with the running game and it's come on a little bit of late but pretty much pass heavy and i know we're i think our coach simmons said we're balanced in our play calling versus southern but i'm interested to see how we perform in that hostile environment against their defense that arguably from a statistical standpoint is in the top 20 just based on total defense. So I want to see how we perform and how we handle that hostile environment. Kofi, what are we watching? What are you watching for in this contest? Um, Again, our defense and Musa under pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see what adjustments we're going to make uh, knowing that this high level of pressure is coming. So what is our game plan going to look like? Are we going to move the pocket? Are we going to do some quarterback draws? Is Musa going to run a little bit more? Um, 
you know, that sort of thing. So I want to see a little bit more strategy with what we got. Um, but as usual, we're going to be relying on our consistent uh, weapons all year, which has been our, um, you know, Sharid and uh, Xavier. So, you know, uh, yeah. in watching the Southern game, we scored 30, but uh, there were a couple of times that had Musa just moved his head and looked to the left waited one second there were a couple of people that were wide open like wow like these could have been additional touchdowns so if we if we just stay focused and we we pick up and on those mistakes and make the right reads um we could have scored 40 or 50 on southern that would have been great uh given what marcus just said about those stats for alabama state and what you just said kofi Kofi, and then I'll, you keep this thought, Kelvin, as well. When I come over to you, does is Bama State the second best defense in the SWAC? Who do, who who does Bama State remind you of that we have seen so far, Kofi? Defensively, um, from a from a defensive standpoint, definitely Jackson State. Um, they're a lot like us. You know, our defense just at the beginning of the year had to play two really good offensive teams. Um, you know, one, we were, you know, with North Carolina, and had we not turned the ball over the way that we did at the end of the game uh, in the fourth quarter against North Carolina, that game would have been closer. Um, you know, as well as that pass at the end of the first half that could have hurt us down seven. Um but uh, let's look at, you know, even the Jackson State game. Uh, as good as Jackson State is, uh, and as much as we desire to, to do well against them, the reality is the trauma and the distraction that this team had to deal with leading up to that game was not conducive to a winning environment um, and to, to play a team that's already playing at a high level. That's not making an excuse. But it is stating the fact that we didn't play well. And there were a number of reasons as to why we didn't play well. Um, you know, and a lot of those distractions behind the scenes had a lot to do with that. Um, I'm, you know, obviously, if we played Jackson State again, I think Jackson State would beat us this year with the way that we're playing offense. But I don't think it would be 59-3. So, um, you know. That's that, but I'm looking forward to these next two games and seeing what we come up with. Uh, Kelvin, what about this game? What are, what are your thoughts, takeaways? Go ahead. Uh, defensive battle, I think Kofi was correct in his analogy. You asked the question. I think their defense reminds me more of us. I think the two defenses uh, mirror each other. Um to a certain extent, um, pretty sound, pretty good tackling, can get pressure, can create turnovers. Uh, of course, they 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 did a yeoman's job against Jackson State uh, that game, of course. And so I, I expect them to be very motivated and try to, you know, pull this one out too. Um, and, and, you know, I, I anticipate a competitive game, to be frank. Um only because we we always shoot ourselves in the foot offensively, whether it be a turnover 
untimely penalty or just a uh, miss misassignment on, on the line or misread. So uh, for that reason, you know, and you know, being on the road, I expect a, a, a very competitive game. But ultimately, uh, we playing for the playoffs. We, we're overall a better team. Got the better special teams. Got the got the better, uh, more complete quarterback. Actually, you know they they you know they the quarterback is mobile, but he's kind of like Southern. Um, you know he's more dangerous running than he is passing. So, uh, um, I just get, just give me a W, man. Just that's all I'm. That's all I care about. Get the W. Yeah, interesting with with two solid defenses. I think Alabama State runs the ball offensively better than we do, but we pass the ball better than they do. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see whose defense is able to sort of neutralize the other's strength. Um, So that'll be interesting to kind of see as this game goes. And, and of course – you know, when you look at the series history, the, these two teams, this is the 39th meeting between these two teams. Uh, the last meeting, of course, last year, FAMU shut out Alabama State 28 to nothing. Uh, overall, the series is 18-18-3. Now, that number dispute, I dispute that. Alabama State says it's 19-17-2. and two. But when I went back and looked at the FAMU history books, it's actually 18, 18, and three. So I, I don't know where the I don't know where that tie is. Maybe we'll look I'll look into that. I done told year. you them Bama State people is something else. I don't know why you <laughs> They something else. They something else. Uh yeah. So uh it'll be interesting. All right, so before we give bold predictions and go into that game, let's go through our picks for this SWAT weekend, and we'll just go around the horn. We're going to go five games in the SWAT, and then we go with our last game as the predicted contest. So here we go. Prairie View traveling to UAPB. Uh, UAPB hadn't been very good. Prairie View controls their own destiny with a win. I think Prairie View gets a tie of the West. Marcus, who you got? Prairie View. Kofi. Prairie View. I'm going Prairie View I mean, as well. So we spend too much time. We spend too much time on Prairie on, on that I got one. you. I got you. Well, here, okay. Here's another one. Valley, fresh off their first win of the season, traveling to Southern. Uh, Southern. Marcus. Southern. Southern. Thank you, Kofi. Yep. Southern, Southern. Southern. Okay, everybody's got Southern to win. All right. This one may not be so easy, though. Bethune-Cookman traveling to Alcorn State. Uh, they knocked Alcorn State beat, or no, excuse me, Bethune beat Alcorn State last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, who you got, Marcus? Alcorn. You're playing at home, long road road trip. Kofi. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for but I'm gonna say Bethune going into the classic. Mm, okay, Kelvin. Alcorn, you know. Bethune displaced again because of the storm. They just lost homecoming. Uh, pretty good at Alabama State. Uh, they, they're down. I, I don't see it. Going to Alcorn. I hear the reservation you. is a tough place to play. 
Yeah, that's right. I Give like corn. corn. I like corn. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Alabama, Sorry, Alabama A&M, A&M Jackson State on a neutral site in Mobile. Jackson State. Like. Thank you. Marcus. Yeah, J-State. Calvin. I don't know. I wonder if uh, Coach Maynard going to ride his scooter. Be walking on two feet on this one. You be walking. You be walking in so you can walk out. That's, that's about the best way you can do it. Jackson, Jackson State this week. Yeah, I mean, man, it's a sweet, sweet, sweet. Here, Grambling. <coughs> Grambling's been playing well. Texas Southern. Grambling. I'm Both going Grambling. Grambling. Who you got, Marcus? Uh, tough one. I'm gonna go with Grambling. Texas Southern's at home. Look at this! All of a sudden, everybody's going Grambling now. The G's on the helmet. Who's your Who's your favorite quarterback, uh, Kelvin? Andrew Buddy. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I'm gonna go with old Drew on this one, man. It's a team sport, man. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna go with Ted Southern. Close. Okay. Close. I, I'm, gonna I'm gonna leave you out there. I'm gonna leave you out there on that island by yourself. The G men are hot, baby. The G men are hot. Uh I'm going with the G men uh this week. All right, here we go. Fam you. Uh all Alabama State in Montgomery. The bands will be there. Uh the hundred against the uh what what whatever their what what's the name for the, the Mighty March uh, Hornets. Mighty marching. They gave us seven minutes because they knew what was the up. stingrays and the bumblebees and all the other animals and wasps. They'll be they'll be looking good out there. Um, <laughs> uh, bold prediction. What do you got, Marcus? Well, give me a score in your bold prediction. I'm gonna say twenty to seventeen. Famu special teams comes through on a defensive slugfest. All, uh, all, pretty much all field goals except for a touchdown, huh? One touchdown, all field goals. Uh, two touchdowns, two field goals. Okay, there you go. I like that. All right, for us. Kofi, for us, right? What do you got? Twenty-eight, Kofi? fourteen, fam. You. Well, what? Any any bold predictions? Anything? Any any particulars? Musa, three touchdowns. Look at that. You coming we finally around, get a 20-yard run. Like Who gets a 20-yard run? Jennings. Or Jennings. AJ. Okay. Okay. They've broken nice, up some runs. Nice. I'm going to yeah, go back Calvin, on mine. I'm going to go. I'm going to keep the same score. This is me. This is Marcus. But I'm going to say a bold prediction, a special teams touchdown. Jamarie is going to come through. Ah, uh, uh, you, you took mine. You, all right. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Kelvin. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I was going to say. That's why he had to jump in there before me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> All right, now I got to think of something totally different now. All right, I'm, go I'm, ahead. Go I'm going to go, go 20. I'm going to go 28 10. And I'm going to go a defensive touchdown. Oh, all right. Defensive touchdown, huh? Okay. All right, I'm going to top that. I'm going to top that. Um, I'm actually going to go 28 21. I think we do get a couple scores. I think it's a tie ball game going into the fourth quarter. Uh, I think actually I'm gonna say tie ball game going into the final five minutes of the ball game, and I think FAMU has to get a touchdown to win it. So my bold prediction is actually I'm going with a four touchdown 
banger by Musa and Alabama State. Two of them to Smith. Two of them to uh, – I'm actually going to go one to Pruitt, one to Shereed, two to Xavier Smith. That's four touchdowns. Four by Musa uh, and 28-21. FAMU wins in a in a shootout in a close ball game going down the stretch. So there it is, fellas. That's our bold predictions. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys, let me see, anything interesting real quick? Any scores? Uh, hey, Brian, I noticed in your notes. Also. I noticed you in your notes. I noticed in your notes uh-huh. that um, you have links or, or coverage on Bounce TV for this game. And I haven't seen anything really? since. So I'm Hopefully, you know, that's coming through. Uh, I don't know where you saw that, but okay. I guess uh, that might have been coming from the SWAC office then. Did that come from the SWAC? Oh, on the website, uh, I see it in the notes. ESPN3. On the SWAC, on the SWAC website, it says ESPN3. Uh, uh, me, okay. Really? Let hold, me, on, quickly, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, no, hold on. I was looking at the wrong game. Yeah, Bounce TV, that's what it says. Bounce, Bounce TV. TV, huh? Huh, okay. Bounce. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to investigate that. I, I guess I somehow I know that's on my digital platform somewhere. Yeah, uh looking at it, it is apparently the Alabama State uh preview. So yeah, Bounce TV, that's where the game will be aired. So uh, I think that's a digital they do have a digital channel. So those of you who have like your digital TV antennas and stuff like that, you should be able to find Bounce TV. Um, that way. It's a 3 p.m. Eastern game, 2 Central. Uh, Rattler Nation's going to show up because I know we're going to put about seven, 8,000 in the stands. So that'll be probably 40% of the crowd, I would imagine. I'd say 30, 40% of the crowd will be FAMU. Uh, so that's going to be yeah. a good thing. Take over take over the Hornets Hive, Rattlers. Uh, that's what you guys need to do. All right, so reminder again, tonight, 10.30 Eastern, uh, men's basketball playing on uh, the West Coast Conference Channel tomorrow, uh, Friday, 6 p.m., the Lady Rattlers basketball at USF. And this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, Lady Rattlers volleyball at home in Tallahassee. Last, last home stand, last regular season games. Go out and support Dominique Washington, Aaron Mukar, and the rest of the ladies. Um, because, uh, because we should, and they are fantastic and we love them. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show again. Uh, thank you to, uh, Erica Musa for, uh, coming in and joining us. Thank you, Marcus, for, uh, making it happen and popping in with us tonight. Uh, thank all of you, uh, Dr. Lori in there managing the chat room, everybody, all our Facebook and YouTube friends. We appreciate you Hit the thumbs up button on the way out the door. One more time, if you would, please make sure you share the show, follow the shows on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play and Apple App Store, my JBM, my BCSN, and go find the BCSN Pod Zone to uh, download all of our shows. Thank you to our producer, Mel, for hanging in with us tonight. You've been watching the ONG Strike Zone. When we get the Montgomery Rattlers, you know what to do. Find a Hornet and just walk up to him and say, hey, baby, this is FAMU. We strike, strike, and strike again. Good night.